Rebooting the lateral show, a sideways look at fantasy football. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the lateral show. Fasten your seatbelts, cause here we go. The Lateral Show, with your hosts, Herms and McLateral. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Lateral Show, a sideways look at fantasy football. My name is Herms on Twitter, at HermsNFL, and this is a preview of the 2022 Week 14 Waiver Wire. Now, before we go any further, I got some housekeeping notes that I have to address at the top of the show. There is no video accompanying this podcast this week. There is no video that's going to be posted to the Fantasy Six Pack YouTube channel, and I am only writing one more of these columns over at fantasysixpack.net. Like nothing bad happened, you know. Like I still, I still got nothing but love for the people over there at Fantasy Six Pack. Shout out all you six packers who've been, you know, supporting me, contributing. You know, all my content over there this season. But in case you didn't see the news on Twitter, which is fine because, you know, not everybody in the world follows me. But again, you should on Twitter at HermsNFL. <laughs> I have accepted a full time position over at Draft Sharks. I will be joining this staff over at DraftSharks.com. Full time in the fantasy sports industry before the age of 30. It is a dream come true I'm more than thrilled <laughs> for this opportunity but you know as part of me being hired I will only exclusively be contributing stuff over there so I had to put my two weeks in over at my other job you know before I could start which did leave me some time to you know continue writing this column at fantasy six pack at least for a little bit but after next week I'm handing the reins over to somebody else and that's who's going to take care of that over there for the remainder of the season. But as always, if you want to see the entirety of my waiver article at fantasy6pack.net, you do have to have an all-access pass. Fantasy6pack.net slash plans is how you can look that up. You get the rest of my column, award-winning rankings, DFS tools, and access to their Discord community. It really is a good place. It's really worth the bang for your buck. And without any further ado, and without me sharing more bullshit, boring-ass details about my life, let's get into this fucking waiver wire. I gotta be honest, if you really need, like, big help on the waiver wire this week, you are low-key fucked. One of the things that I've referenced behind the paywall in the article, and I'm not gonna give everything away, because, you know, I still gotta, you know, keep the integrity of, you know, the whole paywall portion make it worth your money thing intact um but dude (laughs) we've already seen so many nfl offenses just be completely decimated this year and not not only just 
not just any old offenses either, like really good offenses that we were relying upon heavily for fantasy purposes. I mean, with Jimmy Garoppolo breaking his foot on Sunday against the Dolphins, I don't think Brock Purdy is going to be able to support fantasy relevant, you know, output for Debo Samuel, <laughs> Brandon Ayuk, <laughs> George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey. So, like, now that's going to be an ambiguous mystery. And then, you know, the other example that I used staying in the NFC West was the Rams and everything that's happened this year between their offensive line just being garbage and, you know, Matthew Stafford with his concussion issues and now also, like, the spinal cord shit that he's dealing with. I mean, damn. Like, pulling over the car real quick. Actually, skirt. I would not be upset if we never saw Matthew Stafford play football again. It's not that I don't enjoy watching him do it, but if his health is really that bad... I would rather just see him hanging out, alive, walking with his family, and not going through the you know contact and rigorous nature of football. But I, I digress. Like, so that's already bad enough. But then the waiver wire itself has been a shit show this year. Like, it's been very barren. Now, we've had some, you know, injuries to players pop up, which are obviously unfortunate, but do present fun opportunity as, you know, like, oh, the backup's now going to be a thing, because unfortunately that's one of the things that, you know, kind of comes along with playing the game of fantasy football is that we're oddly excited about that stuff, but, you know, I don't know. I choose to compartmentalize it. It's the only way I can <laughs> continue to have fun, but... It, there's really just not a lot of that this week. There's really not, and I've got a handful of players that I'm going to talk to you about, and some of them are probably already off your waiver wire, but Yahoo and ESPN rostership percentage said these players are available, so that's the information we're rolling with. Um, here is your guide to the god-awful waiver wire ahead of week 14 of the 2022 fantasy football season. <sighs> if he is still out there, Rookie running back Zonovan Bam Knight of the New York Jets now has 226 scrimmage yards through his first two career NFL games in relief of the injured Michael Carter. It's rare that we see undrafted rookie running backs just come out of nowhere and produce like this. The last time we saw somebody do something like this was James Robinson who used to play on the Jacksonville Jaguars, but is now on these very same New York Jets. But doesn't seem like he's going to be playing anytime soon. He hasn't really been active or you know, part of anything. So if Michael Carter continues to be absent, or even if he's not, you know, I think Zonovan Knight does have some fantasy relevancy. I mean, obviously he has more if Carter continues to miss time, but even if he doesn't, you know, no disrespect to Ty Johnson, who has done well over these last couple games, but if all three of those aforementioned players that I just got finished talking about are healthy at the same time, the two that I would feel the best about would be Carter and Knight. So if Zonovan Knight's still out there and, you know, he's available, pick him up, put him on your bench. Let's stick with the rookie running back theme and talk about James Cook, who had a combined 20 touches on Thursday night football against the New England Patriots, and I believe finished within the top 12 in week 13 in PPR scoring among all running backs. Uh, he's been pretty good. 
it's been a little inconsistent. We're not entirely sure how much we can rely on James Cook necessarily because I sincerely doubt that <laughs> it practiced this week. Devin Singletary is going to just like walk up to him and be like, oh shit, dog, my bad. Here's that starting running back role that I've been, you know, keeping from you. Oh, because you know, that's not how any of this works. But even if Cook just doesn't seize this role, the lead role, which also, mind you, the, the Bills splitting the touches that they have, you know, the way that they have, you know, in the backfield has been very confusing because, like, Naheem Hines is still also weirdly on the field a lot, but whatever, not the point. Even if James Cook doesn't seize the quote-unquote primary role, he's put up some flex-worthy performances in recent weeks, and if anything did happen to Devin Singletary, or he just seizes the lead role from Devin Singletary, as I just got finished rambling half-coherently about. We're looking at the starting running back of one of the best offenses in football, even with them having to change certain things up with Josh Allen's elbow being all weird. Like, it's still the Bills, okay? We're still the Buffalo Bills that we're talking about. So definitely take a look at him for sure. And then, you know, to put a close to the arc on the rookie running back thing, although we're... Well, DJ Dallas isn't a rookie running back, but Ken Walker is, and he left Sunday's game against the Rams with, I believe they're calling an ankle injury. Didn't look that good. He's probably going to miss some time. It definitely sucks, for sure, but after Walker left the game, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks trusted DJ Dallas with the lead responsibilities giving him 10 carries before he also left with an injury of his own. But based off of all the information that I have available to me, like they're not calling that serious. So if Ken Walker misses time, DJ Dallas is going to be the presumed lead back in the Seattle backfield. I would also like to point out that Travis Homer could be a decent option, maybe potentially the pass catcher, a little more valuable in PPR, but you know, we, we know what Pete Carroll's all about. We know what the Seahawks' offense is all about. They like to run. They do like to run. Well, I mean, unless without Ken Walker, they go to the type of pass-happy attack that they had at the end of the game. I guess that is something that you should be prepared for. Actually, yeah, you know what? That is something you should be prepared for. Huh, see? I just made it sound like it was a epiphany that just occurred to me that's called dramatics folks that's good podcasting right there the reason that dj dallas is not at the top of this list is just because of the thing that i just said like we don't know how the scheme is going to be affected because i mean like look like again no offense to dj dallas or travis homer or anything like that but they're not going to be able to replicate the same type of success that a ken walker could so don't be surprised if the seahawks do change things up a bit but look a warm body out on the waiver wire presuming to be the starting running back of a team. <laughs> Go for it. It's fine. Pick him up. And then we'll close here with a pair of receivers that I think could be fun. Um, Mac Hollins of the Las Vegas Raiders has received 29 targets over the last four games, and while he has not necessarily always done a ton with those targets, it's volume, it's opportunity, and fuck it. I mean, why not? You know, he's been within the top 40 over the last month. So it's not like he's bad. He's just not, you know, like superstar league winner type shit. Maybe like a Jameson Williams could be from the Detroit Lions as he continues to acclimate 
you know, to the professional level now that he's come back from his ACL injury, but you know, there's less volatility there. I mean, I guess it depends on what you need. I think Hollins or Jameson Williams could be fine. Or if you really want to split the difference, Corey Davis of the New York Jets, we start with a jet, we finish with a jet. It, it, it <laughs> It's actually funny because now I'm going to be part of the draft sharks. I'm talking about the Jets. It's the, jar- the Sharks and the Jets. It's the Sharks and the Jets. Okay, no, okay, stop. Herms, it's, it's waiver wire time. If you look back at what Corey Davis did last year as a member of the New York Jets, with and without Zach Wilson as his starting quarterback, you will find that he is a lot better when Zach Wilson is not under center. That was also true in the early part of this season, in which Corey Davis was the wide receiver 26 in PPR through the first month until Zach Wilson came back and ruined it. And then Corey Davis got hurt and missed a few games and blah, blah, blah. But either way, with Mike White under center and Corey Davis, you know, finally back up to speed, he secured 10 targets against the Minnesota Vikings. That's a lot. That's a lot, folks. That offense is looking a lot better now that they've transitioned away from Zach Wilson, and I do think if you missed out on the Garrett Wilson thing, yeah, if you missed out on the Elijah Moore thing, and if you still want a piece of this passing attack, you could look at Corey Davis out there on the waiver wire. And that'll do it for another episode of The Lateral Show, a sideways look at fantasy football. My name is Herms. Follow me on Twitter, at HermsNFL. We'll talk to you next time. Beep boop. Follow the lateral on Twitter at the lateral FF. Beep boop.